The Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Welcome to the Comedy Store Podcast. Uh, I'm Rick Ingram. I'm Eleanor Carrigan. With us tonight. Tonight. Very funny man. Very special guest. I'm excited to have him on because he was one of my favorites when I was a waitress here. And uh, I would torture him constantly. In fact, <laughs> in fact one time. The great I, Alan I, Stevens. Yeah, all right, hello. <laughs> Thanks for saying I'm funny. I don't even know you. Well, he knows you. Yeah. That's our job. We have to know you. Word, word gets just, around. Word gets not around. This place. If, if people, uh, if you're funny or not funny, then people definitely talk about it. Yeah. So, true. I, I had stopped this for a while. And I'm on stage, and obviously she can see I'm a little confused. <laughs> and she had that front section. And sure. She was a waitress, and she walks by and goes, rrr, 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 and she knows my act. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes back, rrr, 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 gets some drinks, comes back, rrr, 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 it was hysterical. I give him all his lines. Knew it better than I ever knew. <laughs> hey man, you ate tables every night like that, especially when I first started. Mitzi fired four waitresses for eating carnies. Naturally. I mean, these are ironclad. I had the best firing by Mitzi. Oh, yeah. We're walking down the hallway, and this girl walks towards us with this ridiculous hat. <laughs> she goes, look at that girl with that ridiculous hat. And I go, that's your cover girl. Well, you fire her. <laughs> and I go, Mitzi, I can't put on the unemployment thing. Bad hat. Yeah. <laughs> Can you wait a few days? Maybe we can come up with something. Maybe she doesn't do her job well or something. Right. But I can't fire over a hat. <laughs> We have, man. Yeah, I was going to say. Dude, we have. Uh, listen, I was managing Westwood, and there was a Jackie Harris who was beautiful. Mm-hmm. She was Gary Muldeer's girl. I mean, beautiful. Gary Muldeer. Yeah, That's and, a great and name. Muldeer's and girl? Yeah, and before that, it was uh, 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 Deborah was Winger. Gay. Deborah Winger oh, was oh, a yeah, cover Oh, yeah, Deborah Winger was a cover booth girl and they at would Westwood. dress alike. Cowboy hat, the boots. No. But Jackie was a, 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 a man's woman. I mean, she right. could drink with you and, and sexy as hell. Ooh. So uh, she would make about 400 on a slow night. Everybody do 75, Jesus. 125. So Mitzi comes over to me. And she goes, you got to fire her. She doesn't smile. So I get her <laughs> I get her stuff, and I go, well, so far tonight, she's three times what the smiley girls have made. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the others not to smile. <laughs> <laughs> she's crazy. I she would in, come up with some crazy shit. I put in the juice shit. bar without telling her there. Uh-huh. Who do you think you are? I come here four days later. It's here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she is. Wait, so what year did you come here? 75. From Jersey? No, from Jersey I came late 74. I came to the store in 75. Were you doing stand-up in Jersey? No, I came out. That's a weird story. Oh, well. I came out to continue acting, which I did from the time I was eight years old. I remember I worked somewhere and everybody put up, everybody put up their early headshot. You know, yeah. I was like 10 years old. I came in, I put up mine, and I went, oh, no wonder he's so crazy. <laughs> headshots, head uh, child headshots is a dead giveaway. Oh, I got the old so creepy. I'm eight years like, old with the coat no. over my shoulder, no tipping the way. hat. I, I, t- uh, I had the look, as they said. <laughs> I was taking an acting class, and I uh, they had a bunch of ch- children's headshots, the kids taking classes there. So I took a photo of all the headshots, and I said, 10 years from now, you can choose who you want to buy your drugs from. Yeah. And I had a bunch of people yeah. that, that's really rude, and that's so mean. I'm like, 
yeah. Was it here yourself. in L.A.? Yeah. Absolutely true. true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're going to know where to get true. the good shit. Yeah. If they're acting And three go. of them are already in porn. <laughs> <laughs> Porn's always the favorite of mine. When it, it's become, you know, girls go, I, I think I'll do it for six months. Yeah. And then I'll do stand-up. And then I'll do, I'll get a real acting job. It's, and it's, then. It's amazing. They're, it's, they've all moved further than me at this point, though. I do stand-up with two girls that used to do porn. Yeah. Heavy porn. One of them still does. I'm like, what's happening How right come now? I haven't met her. I'll bring him by. I'll bring her by. <laughs> you know, Let's get him on the podcast. You know, I yeah. like crazy and loose. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, you are very crazy and loose. So you came here in 75. What's that like? 1975. Actually, I'm on the roof in West Hollywood down here. What's that mean? Uh, at a party. I'm on the roof of a building. Oh, I see. And uh, the guy from Car 54, where are you? I think his name was Joe Ross or something. His thing was, ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyway, I admired him as a <laughs> like kid. Fritzy. So I go over to shake his hand, he turns, and he's pissing off the side of the roof. Real classy guy. Nice. But I meet Mitchell Walters and a guy named Bobby Lord, and I'm hanging with them, mm. and I'm funnier than them, but not on stage. Ah. And they keep saying, you got to come to the store. You're so funny, you got to come to the store. I came to the store with what I thought I needed, but they needed people then. So she made me a regular the first time I went. Oh, because there wasn't a lot of no comics here. No, I mean the they're, they're giving birthday the, stage the time at that point. The Renaissance thing hadn't happened yet. That's a, right. That's like a year and a half away. So uh, I get in here, and it's horrible. I was horrible for like nine years. But in between that, well, first off, one time she says to me, "I'm not having three MCs. It's just you. Don't tell a joke, or you're out of here." Really? So she created a monster. I don't tell jokes. I mean, can't even remember them. <laughs> so, and here's how it happened. And I'm just going to say the N-word because it goes with the story. And if you were there, it was funny. I've said it like don't six times. Don't go crazy. Yeah, it so would be the fifth we're, time. We're in Westwood in because five interviews. this place had to close down for Mark LeBeau. Oh, okay. So he made it the funny farm and nobody would work here. So Westwood is jammed with lines that go all the way up and down the boulevard. Two would leave, two would fill up right up till three in the morning. Wow. So it was a whole different thing. So Mitzi says to me, make sure you introduce the celebrities. So I go up and I go, wow, from what's happening, Shirley Hempel, Rerun, and whatever the other guy's name is. I go, from Welcome Back, Cotter was the guy with three names. I forget him. Mm. And there was another show with a black star. And then Jimmy Walker's leaning against the back door, you know, where you lean on that handle. Yeah. And I go, and of course, our own Jimmy J.J. Walker. And everybody applauds. And as it dies down, I go, who let in all the niggers? (laughs) (laughs) He laughs so hard, Jimmy. He falls out. (laughs) He falls out into the alley. Oh, my God. Which makes the audience even crazier. And I come over and I sit down with Mitzi and she goes, I guess I did it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. But after that, you know, stars worked here. Yeah. Not only was everybody on the lineup great, but stars were five at a time. And who was ever on the lineup after that didn't want to go on. Oh, shit. Well, it's all tricks. So Mitzi used to go, tell Alan to get his personality together and go on. He doesn't (laughs) care. 
She called my pot smoking my personality. Oh. I, I was going to say, I think that's where I, I met you was once years, like 10 years ago in Sacred In the ground. alley? Yeah. <laughs> sacred ga- ground. They I go call out it. there now and I feel like I'm on a school playground yeah. and I'm going to get busted. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lit up It's now. all welcoming it's now. Well, yeah, but you know, nobody here is social. <laughs> they all have attitudes. No offense. And a lot of these people better get a day job. And <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I could name names. You know, there's a wall out here. I don't recognize one name. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Did you play here for three weeks? Yeah. You had to earn it. I agree. You didn't we have to we just are... show up. Yeah. Anyway, I'm off track. But you <laughs> said you just showed up and got a paid regular. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> but it was different then. No, I get because it. Because comedy nobody didn't was here. exist here. Pretty much. You there, mean L.A.? There, you mean anywhere? On the West? Okay. Anywhere. In New York, the improv was singers. Uh, any talent could go on. Bette yeah, Medler that's what Bursky said. There. there was a lot of singers. Bette Medler would go on there. Uh, Les Moonves is the bartender, and oh Chris Albrecht's the doorman or manager. Yeah. You know who Les is. Les Moonves runs, runs Viacom and is the highest right. paid executive in the world right now. He's got more money His than His brother's me. a lawyer, and the other one, uh, who do I say? But do you believe, they used to be bartenders at a comedy club. Like that's And Chris Olbrecht was the CEO Chris of, is one of my HBO, favorites. and now he runs Stars. He put the Sopranos on. He put Chris, me yeah. on. Yeah. What was I did, you? Uh, I did seven years with Robert Wall. Was that like, Arliss? Yes. I co-created Arliss. that show. Yeah, that's how I... I I'm trying to think back when I'm like, I know I've, I've met you I before. did Roseanne and Arliss at the same time, seven days a week. Arliss was filmed. Right. And it would start filming uh, two months out. We'd write the, start writing the scripts, and then we'd be somewhat ahead of ourselves. But once they started filming, I never went there. They'd call me if they need something. I'd be on the golf course and go, yeah, I'm in my office. What do you need? <laughs> and on the weekends, I would rewrite everybody's stuff with Robert, sometimes from page one. And they didn't know who this guy is because I'm not there the first two years. Right. So they just hate me. <gasps> so when Roseanne ends, I go over there full time. And it's like, oh, this is the guy that changes our work. Yeah, this so in the writing sessions, you know, it makes our shit I, I come out of left field. So I'm murdering a room in writing sessions, and I remember everything, every story. So one time I pitch this story about a guy getting raped, and all the writers go, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I go, it's two, two people already. Look it up. Why, did, why doesn't no me know with men? Anyway. Uh, it was a, it was I a, one of our Fun. better shows <laughs> all over the said place. It. Wait, Roseanne, the TV show or the talk show? I did were simultaneously. I know. Oh but, no, Arliss so and the sitcom. The sitcom. Okay, yeah, I'm just trying because I forget what you, I loved. Argus, I, I, Ar- did, I Argus, didn't know. Arliss. I had no mind. It was just. I worked almost 24 hours a day because scripts would come to me at night from Roseanne. So great. I had though. to edit it over the weekend. And what you do is uh, you edit it on the floor because it's three cameras. You just say, I want that shot this side. And they put it together. Oh. And just send me that. And then I'll decide from there. And I send it to Roseanne. She gives me her notes. I give them both our notes. But that has to be in by Monday morning. And we shoot on yeah. Friday. And in between, I'm rewriting scripts with Robert. Jesus. God, that's a sweet gig, though, to have both going like that. That's two It's going to happen shows. again. That's what happens with me. It I either love that. rains or pours, and I'm I'm getting ready for it to uh, another round of. <gasps> I'm so Deucin. excited about that. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. If, yeah. if I could just get in on it's, half of one, it's, it's a. Uh, <laughs> you should help them with the. It's uh, a high priority project, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited, but you, you should be helping them on the "I'm Dying Up Here." Did you read the "I'm Dying Up Here" book? First off, it's Dreesen's friend. 
And that if you care it. to discuss the strike, and, I do. and it's Dreesen's version. That's what I say all the time, and people Paul get mad Mooney, at me. Paul Mooney, when the book came out, was oh. serving the homeless, and he turns to me and goes, Brother, you and I have to sit down and straighten this out and do our own book. Hello. It is a fairy tale. And then I saw the script. Now, I hope it's changed since then. Well, Ricky was on it. But I'm not going to give it away. Is there still a, a star who gets to do the Tonight Show? Or a guy who gets to do the Tonight Show? Yeah, it, it, the, the pilot has a... Uh, I don't want to give away the story. Yeah, it, he does the Tonight Show and I know. takes care of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is that because bad we're or all good? fucked up. Right. How yeah. about building up to it? Right, right. Yeah, that's what I mean. I started reading this. First off, the people they have hired, no offense. Even if you tell them the story, they're not capable of writing it. You had to. Oh, you mean there. the writers? See, that's what I agree. I think they should have went half and half. If you want the new writers, I get it. You need the new school, whatever. No, you don't. Even, but the, the, oh, real the real stories, the authentic experience. stories. You know what I get from young writers when they would work for me? Hmm. They know nothing. So they'd make up stuff when I'd sit there and go, what happened to you over the weekend? And they'd start talking. they go, that's a story to me. Yeah, it's true. So you get more life experience with older writers. I think they could, uh, they could definitely use the, the, I think part of their problem is they're trying so hard to make sure that it's nothing like what happened at the comedy store because they oh, don't want to get sued true. by the comedy store. That's true. That they don't want any real events like it all has to be fictionalized it doesn't have to be real it can be fictionalized but fictionalized from a true comics point of view yeah especially okay. for that that time makes sense that main yeah. story is nonsense if you wanted to arc it i yeah. could see it you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure but it shines a bad light in a sense i don't care whether it's good or bad the show you know listen you have to be sick to want to do this that's why a lot of these young guys should get out of here they're not sick enough it's a, it's a disease <laughs> it it, it, it's nothing you wake up and go and unfortunately tv has done this it's become so mainstream like porn that you know people are watching this and going well instead of college i'm just going to be a comedian yeah yeah but they get thinned out quick Maybe here. Uh, you got to see what's out there it's embarrassing <laughs> there's a lot it's oh, embarrassing yeah, every time I meet someone, they're like, oh, I do comedy. And I'm like, really? And then a lot of times they immediately go, to, oh, I'll send you my clip on YouTube. Oh, it's boy. them performing in some well, milk yeah. carton in the, or milk crate in yeah. the corner of a bar yeah. just doing the worst Oh, that's ever. what it is now. And then they'll tell you they're headliners. But oh, even, he here, even here, when I did Robin's <laughs> Memorial, Robin Williams, yeah, yeah. I attacked. Yeah. You know, in between the jokes, I go, by the way, I see there's some young comics back there. And Ian Edwards is with them. Yeah, I love and he, Ian. And he goes like this, uh-oh, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's great. And I, like, yeah. he's one I of gave the... them the speech. Yeah. Get out if it's... You don't... You yeah. know what? 20 years from now, you will jump. Yeah. Hope uh, not like... sooner. Because the road doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> if you can't put people in seats, there's no road. Yeah. But True. there is on a BC level. Yeah. That's know. true. You're right. And yeah. that's what they headline and they go, well, I'm a headliner and then they do their show and I go, Oh good God. Well that's like I don't I don't have a huge uh, social media following, so I can't get booked headlining. But then I'm looking at some of the clubs and they have like some dildo who has he was a Vine star. And so he yeah. has he has two hundred thousand people watching his six second comedy yeah. clips. And they and think he goes up and they bombs. don't realize the two hundred thousand are not in that one area. Yeah. And, right. and, and then they go up and they, they have to do 40 minutes minimum and they fucking bomb for yeah. 35 of it. But they're like, well, you know, he brought in 35 Listen, I, I had what? Sony 35? call me up 
I knew a guy that made a. You don't have to say. We names. made some videos. The first one was him on a motorcycle trunk, and the Real News caught it and believed it. So he got thirty million hits. Sony says, "Bring him in." Wow. Thirty million hits. Yeah. That's a real thing, right now, or no? This is few you know, maybe 10 years ago when we oh, did Jesus. it but cnn picked it up like it was a real story <laughs> well why not they're not real yeah, smart it's, the industry in general and their obsession with oh we get automatic fans and they'll have automatics well, well plus today it's all social media nonsense but nobody puts in the work yeah i i'm not going to say some names but they apparently are popular here <laughs> whoa and carl and i ate his lunch one night Oh, that'll happen. That's funny when people. Well, are... Don Barris was up. Okay. And happened to mention to this person. I can't tell what he mentioned because he'll know who it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he got very frustrated, and I turned to Carl and I go, oh, "That's one of the top guns." Yeah. Then, when I hadn't done this for fourteen years, Pierce had a birthday party here ten years David. ago. David. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And he We're not begs to say me. His name? Yeah, we can. We got right. a disclaimer. Like, yeah. Begs me to go on. Okay. So I come here, and he says, I'm getting all the guys that are the best at the store. I said, all right. So I, at some point, excuse myself and go in the back, and here's two of the best. And I'm standing there, and they don't know it. Well, we don't know this guy. We're just going to bump him. And I go like this. Either one of you think you're tough enough? <laughs> <laughs> and they you went, said what? it right in front of these people. And are I went nuts. like this. I went like this. Uh, I'm old school. If anything, you're going to be crying. I said, you know, I was going to do two minutes, and you upset me. <laughs> now you're going to do an hour. I did 40 minutes. Good bought the house down. You. One wouldn't go on, and the other one uh, left. Well, that'll happen. And I went over to Pierce, and I go, hey, funny people. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, it's, that to me is so disrespectful. Even if you don't know the person, if you, you don't know how many Vine well, followers you have, whatever it is. part of that comes from this false thing they have. Some of it's from here. That they're great. Yeah. And a lot of them do. N Listen, you can get laughs here all day long. I don't even care if you suck. I disagree. But really? You, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when you go into the real world, like there's a guy, Neil Brennan. Yes. Very clever. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Take him down to Long Beach. Uh, where the hipsters aren't. You following? Yeah. But where he's... it's just real middle America. <laughs> I get it. Over everybody's head. Yeah, I get it. But he's like that. To me, he's so clever. Like, I love- I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Okay. But clever doesn't work in the middle of the- I understand you know what, what you're I mean? saying. Yeah, well, because they're not it smart It makes him enough. an elitist, but <laughs> it puts him in but a But you're right. You group. have to be able to relate to everybody, I guess. I'm just it's saying. Not, I guess, I, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm dumb, The so. guys I looked up to, the Buddy Hackett, the Don Rickles, said it takes 10 years to become a rounded comedian if you're lucky. And that means to play to two people, to 50,000 right. people, one in the morning. I remember when I went to work for Roseanne, I go, how am I going to be funny at nine in the morning? Oh, Jesus. That was my biggest panic. I never had to be funny. And how do I force it? You know, I'm, I'm a guy that just lets it happen. Yeah. But I learned real quick, stepped on everybody's toes and became oh, a chore. <laughs> a lot of people hated me there. <laughs> See, I, I don't... Lou Cabrazzi, they call I don't want to pander to normal people. Like right. If they're too dumb, that's you mean their problem. Day walkers. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. I, I, you know, like sometimes I'll say something, uh, and I know I'm not super smart, and I'm like, oh, they didn't get that. Where am I? Yeah. You know. First and off, then I'm like, audiences oh, I'm are lost. Dice. Audiences are <laughs> I'm just lost. Kidding. I uh, sometimes go to these bars. 
Yeah. And sometimes they recognize me and they go, will you go on? And if there's real people there, they'll put on 10 guys and I'll go on. Everything changes. What do you mean? It's just like, a different show. I know what I'm doing. Right. And, and there is a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. A professional. And you even their big guys here don't know quite who they are yet. And I, I don't tell jokes. In my entire career, nobody said funny joke to me once. I was in Tahoe with my dad, and a guy came up to me and went, hey, I use the ladies' room. And I went, what the fuck you want from me? And he walks away, and my father goes, that's one of your jokes, Alan. It's a fan. So I had to run over to him, and I go, oh, I'm not used to hearing my joke. Oh, he was coming up and, t- oh, yeah. that's how But I never get funny jokes. I get, boy, you're relaxed. It's like you're in our living room. It was, I'm one of them. Yeah. And I do it on purpose. But I was just in Vegas, and my ex-wife, Sabrina, came on stage. And later on, she texts me. She says, I realize, and I always knew this, you're just Alan. And that's yeah. what sets it aside. Well, they don't know how to develop personalities. They well, think it's the jokes. Right. And Is another guy weed? I heard was good. I saw on this terrible show, Battle Jokes or something. I don't know what that means. Uh, Do you know the Roast ba- Battle? Yeah. We're showing the world. Rose battle? <laughs> oh, we're showing the world. Oh, but one guy I was told was funny and clever came out in a suit of armor, which, which was which, oh, which yes. was brilliantly funny, except he couldn't follow it. It's right. You know, if you're going to do bad. that shit, yeah. you got to bring it, and he didn't bring it. Um, Ralphie May, I don't know what he's doing to his career. Shouldn't have been there. But he's gone. I actually like the little girl who broke her leg, and I think she was treated really a little funny. roughly. She and was funny. A lot of those guys, I'm going, these people are more clever than that. They come out with the lowest form of humor, and some of them are writers. It's so disappointing. Tony's a great writer, I yeah. think. Yeah. I yeah. think Tony's a great yeah. writer. I, yeah. I hope his father owns something. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, he doesn't know his father, so. Oh. Well, maybe, one, maybe one day he'll die and leave him money. <laughs> You know that. That's great. So, okay. Now, look, can we talk about the strike a little bit? or What do you want to know? Well, wait, I mean, looking <laughs> From the very beginning? Uh, well, if you were here in the beginning, because I, I did, I I'm was I'm here working. for everything. I know, but I was. I'm the only guy that didn't sleep with her. And I will tell you, after the strike, she said to Ronnie Kinney, and he called me right from her office. I don't think Ronnie slept with said, her, but I like this. No, he didn't either. <laughs> and she said, there's only two men that I ever met in my life, Steve Landisberg and Alan Steven. Oh, that's her baby. Alan Steven stands up for me and wants nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Where everybody went, I, I, I broke that line for you. I never said a word to her. And I'm the guy that put the final nail in the coffin, which we'll get to. Yes, I can, that's my favorite By part. By the way, Bud Friedman has never honored what he was supposed to. I he know He pays that. $17 and takes taxes out. And we're independent contractors. But the comics aren't smart enough that they all get together and sue. They have a class action suit worth millions. But they'll never do it. Whoa. Oh, what do you want you to know start about the strike riot. here? No, <laughs> right. yeah, no, I love this because that's the thing. You know, during it, somebody burnt the improv. Right. I'm not I'm not going to say who or what, or, but you can. I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> I do. know that story. I just know that when well, I perform the improv, let me start from the beginning. Well, let me start from the beginning. I was there the other night, second time on night. stage, and I rocked that room for That's, a, that's a great room. Oh, Glickman's a great guy. But yeah, the yeah. last time I was on stage, I had a Comedy Store t-shirt on, <gasps> Laugh Factory sweatpants, and they put Bud, they son of a gun's called Bud, and they put it by the mic. He was Alan. <laughs> what are you doing on my stage? I go advertising other clubs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? 
too lazy to get your ass down here. And we went back and forth. It was hysterical. By the way, I was the writer on the improv show, and he never knew it. Oh, the uh, and uh, every evening time, at the improv? Yeah, and every wow. time there was a guest that wasn't a comic, because I call the comics. I had to write their monologue. And I go, you're just going to do your they act? They didn't do their own? Of course they did. I go, you're going to do your own act? Yeah. You want to hear it? No, you're funny. Just say I helped you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, but when it was a, not a comic, I'd always put in a joke about Bud. And he finally, after like 10 times, goes, who's doing that? <laughs> but when you see him, he's <laughs> like the home improvement sidekick said, Bud asked me to come up to his house and made me wait in the den. So I made a telescope out of a broken monocle. No, out of a monocle and broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the back. <laughs> Yes. I, I was at a, a dive bar in uh, the South Bay years ago when I first moved out here, and uh, the the bartender was obviously a classy lady of the night. Had obviously done some dancing on the poles at yeah. some point. She person. asked me what I'd moved to L.A. for, and I said, oh, I'm a comedian. And she said, I'm really good friends with Bud if you ever want me to give you a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. And I went, sure she is. Classy. <laughs> also, I work at The Goose. Yeah. Well, oh. uh, let me <laughs> start. <laughs> let me start. I didn't answer your question. Uh, that was the improv, only singers and stuff. And out here, there was the horn. And it was ah. opera singers, comics, trumpet players. It was great. Bud moves out here, and she's already here with the stand-up. Oh. Before he comes. Yeah, I know she was first. Well, and then was it Sammy were, was. Well, uh, you know what I mean. The <laughs> store Sammy. was first. It, it was Sammy and Delu- DeLuca. Yeah. DeLuca, yeah. And, and th- that was the first time there was straight stand-up. Troubadour did stand up as well, right? And then you, yeah, and then you asked me. Very rare. Then you asked me if okay. I did comedy. What I did is I was a child model with my mother. I then I went to molester? then I went to TV commercials. <laughs> uh huh. And then uh, I took some time off and then moved out here. Okay. So when I get here, there's nothing going on. Wow. This place. Can you imagine? This that, place though? isn't even really known no well, ricky again, wasn't even born uh, yeah i wasn't born yet but i, I can only imagine the well, vibe if I, I, I still have getting a stage thousand time. early mitzi stories that are just <laughs> hysterical but here's how the strike goes my version all right i'm sure Dreesen and everybody else we have said. a disclaimer they can't bother you oh, okay. i don't care we get in trouble for everything yeah. so. so do i <laughs> i i, so I do say I? a lot of I, I just say the names you know i'm not a rule oh, guy says the names i'm not a rule guy <laughs> you know I, I plan in hollywood at the end of the week they go yeah we're not having you back shows are great yeah but you're insane. I'm a firm believer of uh, burning a bridge is easiest when the bridge is being built. Well, I started to finish? write a book called Bridges Are Burning. Nice. But I changed the title. Anyway. Because <laughs> he burnt it. No, it's uh-huh. a better title. Louis Anderson realized that and told me. Anyway, uh, she has this fantasy that after getting rid of the Mexican disco that was in she the main is room. She sure. Mm-hmm, oh, yes. That Art LeBeau had when she finally gets him out of here. She redoes that place, redoes the bathrooms, the whole bit, and connect. It was, you know, connected with bathrooms, and she's gonna, in her mind, have Buddy Hackett, Don Rickles. Yeah. But they say uh, we make hundreds of thousands of dollars in Vegas. It's not far enough away. So then she tries it with, uh, at the time, this Jewish comic. He had a second life. Years later, Jackie Mason did it. Oh, sure. But nobody, you know. 
Tiny Tim did it, and he still owes me 10 bucks for a cab ride. Well, <laughs> wait, Jackie Mason was one of the first big acts that she put in the well, main room. Well, he wasn't hot then. Oh, I see what you so mean. So after yeah. she couldn't get the other guy, she went to who she could get. Got it. Well, that starts to fall apart. And the 17 headliners at the time decide they should get some of that money because she starts doing it and with them, and it's packed. Yeah. To her, she just opened another room. Yeah. And it was a system. You started at Westwood, you went to the original room, you went to that room. La Jolla was considered the road, and then you were ready for Vegas. Wow. So there was a system. I right. don't care what anybody says that she doesn't know shit. There was a system. And, of course, she doesn't know certain shit. She wouldn't even know how to <laughs> touch a register or open the door here. Oh, my God, yeah. God love uh, Well, I can give you a million of those stories. <laughs> but here's what happens. So they get all huffy and huffy. And I get a call from Elaine Boozler. Mm -hmm. uh, Alan, we wonder if you would help organize uh, basically the nobodies. I don't think she put it that way. But, you know, I, uh, I can influence people. Well... <laughs> So uh, I, I do that. This guy's got more pole than wheels, Parisi. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, they have one meeting here, and 500 people show up. And Leno's up there trying to sell his strike crap. And Steve Landisberg walks in the room. He goes, there's Steve. Steve, why don't you come up and say something? Steve comes up and goes, who are these people? <laughs> They're comics. And he goes, one, two, three. Well, seven of them are. Who are the others? And he walks <laughs> off stage. <laughs> We've never seen so many. If you were to do it now, there's probably a million. Right. But at the time, out of that 500, there might have been 70. But they had the masses. Yeah. So now the meeting's at the Hyatt House, and we wanted to get Bud, her, and one other guy. Uh, his name was Callie. Kaylee. He had a couple clubs south. Hmm. So uh, the idea was if we get everybody, when the road starts, there was no road. Right. We'd be setting the price. So this particular night, uh, well, let me stop there and say, Bud immediately went, well, you can have your meetings here. <laughs> and at one of the meetings, Tom Dreesen has made himself president and Joanne Astro is vice president. Hilarious. Probably the worst Tonight Show in history. Total crickets. <laughs> You're so, And Dreesen, well, you know, no offense, he knows what he knows. He's never going to get me. I'm not going to be judged by him. So he basically says, if you don't want to uh, uh, do what I say, you're out. And I raise my hand. He goes, yeah. And I go, you know, that's how they got the Jews to get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> they throw me out. Next, Marty Cohen's thrown out. Another Jew comment. Then Biff Maynard. And I go, what did you do? He goes, ah, you Jews made me crazy. <laughs> Biff Maynard. So the one that they have at the Hyatt House, Gallagher, stands up and says, let's get the cunt. I remember that. And I just, uh, uh, I just walk story, over I mean. here and I walk into Mitzi's office and I go, listen, they made it personal. Uh, I'm going to help you take them down. Shit. And I think I was the first guy to say that to her because she was trying to settle. She now, used to have meetings in the belly room and they're all recorded. Marty Colner, president of APA, a couple of lawyers, Jimmy Walker. Mm -hmm. uh, we were all trying to settle this thing. So... Sadly, the news picks us up, and these some of these comics are good, and their signs say, uh, no bucks, no yucks. Oh. And I'm going, thank God I'm not in that line. Classic. And, you know, certain things went on with the line, and somebody got briefly hit by a car. Someone jumped right. off the roof. Paulie peed on people. Didn't Becker hit somebody with his car or something like that? 
Am I not allowed I to say that? I think it was Leno. Oh. <laughs> he hit Leno. Yeah. So uh, I remember Leno standing at the door. This guy will never be funny. Don't go in there. And about eight years later, I come off stage in the original room. He goes, I thought I'd never say this. You're very funny. And I went, thank you. He goes, scab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scab. So, so, you know, there's a handful of us. The obvious, Arliss, uh, Argus. Uh, anyway, whatever our little group was. So and they, you got, you're the ones who are still performing yeah, well, on Mitzi's side, kind of. Yes, but there's really no line at this point that they're worried about. Right, because we're not funny to them. Sure, I tell you the truth, they're probably right at the time. And Mooney was on your side, or no, 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 no. She was floating in the middle. A lot of guys stayed in the middle. Shanling and the Johnny Dark, you know, the guys that can't handle pressure. Oh. So here's what happens, <laughs> and and I'll cut to it, you know, real quick. Uh. The strike is over at one point. Before it really got ugly, he comes down and he says, made a deal. And he starts explaining it. The 17 of us are going to get half the door in there. And he stops there. Marsha Warfield, who was a friend of his, goes, uh, and what do we get? That's right. Well, you know, when you work in the main room, she goes, no, 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 no. You used us to get what you wanted. So he marched upstairs and started the strike. And... And this is Mitzi's version. Okay. She asked Tom not to come in her bed anymore. So she believes, and there's probably something to it, that he had a little bone to pick with her. However, he goes on Dinah Shore and declares he's the godfather of comedy. Oh. And I looked at somebody and go, Bump, hope, die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but for a long now? time, he wouldn't talk to me. So here's what they finally do. They align with a union that's dead, Agva. Oh, right. And they're trying to revive. And we actually have a meeting where it's like Stallone's movie, Fist. It's in an auditorium. And, and I'm sitting next to Bursky. He's great. To, he loves Bursky. to stir shit, too. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and the president of Agva starts talking. And I raise my hand. And was, you know, somebody goes, what? And go, uh, the pool in your backyard, exactly how much did you steal to finish that project? <laughs> <laughs> and everything I'm saying is true. I believe Well, it, it breaks into a fist fight, and we... Now, it, as, is Agva an actor's No, it was it circus clowns and oh, okay. people with bananas in their ass. Right. So now. <laughs> Real entertainers. Now, Real people. Towards the end, and this went on for quite a while, uh, the word is they're going to pull SAG cards. And I go, well, you people don't even have one. I have one since I'm 11. Right. So I say to Mitzi, I'm going to make a meeting. It's not like I just joined this thing. So I make a meeting with the vice president, and this is how it ends. And I go in there, and he shuts the door, and he goes, what the fuck do you want? Oh. I go, well, I'm here to ask you if you're going to pull cards. And he goes, we wish all you comics would die. You aligned yourself with Agva, so we have to pretend because it's a union that we're backing it. You assholes. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they've been trying to kill it. Yeah. So I come back, and I go, they're not taking any cards. And I, Marty Coldner was sitting there, Mitzi was sitting there. And I said, uh, Mitzi and I fought it till the end. We're independent contractors. There is a law. And it basically fell apart after that because they had no threat, and Agva disbanded. And now, wherever I go, blackballed. I go to acting jobs. You Alan Steven from the store? Oh, Dreesen or one of his pals, somebody that didn't like me had already been there. Wow. And that went oh. on for a very long time with Dreesen and I. It kind of ended in Tahoe 
I was with Robert Wall, and he said, Dreesen's at the bar. And he went, really? <laughs> he goes, don't do it. So I went down, you know, a couple of drinks, I started. Oh, yeah. And he's a tough guy, Dreesen, but. He's a Chicago We kind of made up, mm-hmm. but not really. And then uh, years later, I'm at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach, and I come off stage. He goes, I didn't think I'd ever say that, but uh, damn, you're funny. <laughs> and I just That's walked. a victory. Yeah. That is a victory, because. And now people who do the banana and the ass trick, but, they don't even have a union You know, anymore. there's a lot of right. ugliness Thanks to and Alan inside Steven. facts. Like, I will say real quickly, Steve Lebeckin, who jumped, I helped clean out his apartment. There was a couple shoe boxes of letters, dear mom and dad, I want to die. So it had nothing to do with the comedy store. Yeah, he just, obviously. in his mind, people back then thought Mitzi controlled the world. Right. He was out front picketing and Mitzi sees him and goes, he's working La Jolla tonight, cancel him. Right. Oh shit! And he takes it as he'll never work again. Got it. So he was picketing. And I also she know. I also know who put the dummy or the picture of Lebeckin in her office. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I vaguely that, that can you tell her. that story that or no? Well, after Lebeckin had jumped, somebody snuck her in her office, and I, I think it was a picture. But some people yeah. said it was a dummy, and it said you killed Steve Lebeckin. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, I remember the note. Steve she told Lebeckin's me about it. Steve girlfriend did that. I believe it. Yeah. Wait, this guy had a girlfriend and he still... They, yeah, she... Listen, he, he was... He used to be a He team. was messed up before that. Mm-hmm. Right. But a nice man. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't believe anyone But what I'm saying is most of these people time. involved did not know he was already having problems for a long time. Right. Absolutely. He was probably battling it. He's in the, uh, Absolutely. But to blame it on her is such nonsense. Such no- And there was a, you know, a lot of ugliness in between and fist fights and that kind of stuff, which I always found entertaining. Always funny. What happened to the improv? Somebody set it on fire? Yeah. Look how quiet it got. Yeah. <laughs> he so, smiled, though. I well, believe all parties involved today, are gone. To this day, so. they, they don't know who did that. That's true. And, um, and uh, I'd like to leave it that way. I agree. I agree <laughs> with you. But what happened was, however, during some the strike, people think it was Ollie Joe, and I'm here to tell you, Ollie can't move that fast. I was going <laughs> to say that every time they pick Ollie Joe, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, but what did they Ollie do? Joe. Throw cocktails in there? Maltov cocktails? No, I'm just curious how it happened. We're not going to rat the people out. I'm just. Well, if I answer, I'm oh, an accomplice. There you go. But no, I the story, I'm not an accomplice because I know I wasn't here, and I've heard that it was cocktails thrown, but mm-hmm. I don't know Who did you hear did it? I'm never going to say that. I'm from South Philadelphia till I die. <laughs> I'm right across the uh, bridge, there baby. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but yeah, I've heard few variations. I'd rather so. some of these people die wondering. There you go. I like that. I do. But, but then after, isn't that when he broke or had he already broken? That's why. Like he already crossed the line. But, uh, Bud Friedman. No, Bud Friedman, as soon as he got wind there was going to be a strike, says to them, well, you can have all your meetings here and whatever she agrees to do, I'll do. Which he's never done. Right. And he he started first. He's the one that drew the line in the sand between him and her. Oh, you mean he, a regular he, battle? That's what I mean. Yeah. It's hard to say who is who, but some comics, some because they were famous and others not, could work both places, and she wouldn't mind it. That's true. If I were to do it, I think I would have hurt her feelings. Well, because yeah, you were I her was, baby. Yeah. 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 and Yeah. She she developed you. Like, she feels well, like there's certain guys she took a hand Around the seventh year, I said, why the fuck do you even keep me here? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what she honestly said. She goes, there's no handsome comics, and that's going to be you. Oh. And I said, 
Oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does like handsome comics. Well, she I tried a couple her. plays, and you know, uh, it was easy to get out of it because she really cared about me because I shot straight with her. And then at one point, she wanted me to marry her daughter, oh. and she says to me, "I will leave you everything." And I go, "Okay." When are you going? <laughs> I said, what if I sign this deal and you go to 100? I said, you know, I'm pretty fucked then. She will. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty close to right. Yeah. And you would have spent a lot of lovely years with Sandy yeah. and her, her But dogs. I know a ton of ugly <laughs> stories, a ton of funnest, fun stories from the early days. First off, it was high school. There was a basketball team, a baseball team, all paid for by her. And... Yep. I think Dreesen, when he came here with his wife, she put her in the cover booth. Um, one time she said to me, your dad was a builder. Can you put lights around my house? Sure. Yeah. So I went to a guy on Fairfax, and I said, you got any of that wire that won't ruin in the ground? You mean weatherproof? Yeah. <laughs> so I line it up, and it's beautiful. And I realize I have no place to plug this in. So I take this long drill, and I go right through her living room wall. Oh, Jesus. And I just go over and plug it in by a lamp. Not realizing I didn't seal the hole. It's probably too much for that socket. <laughs> so I take the 500 bucks, and a month later, I'm sitting next to her, and she elbows me. I go, what the hell's that for? I had a real electrician over. He doesn't know how my house is standing. <laughs> I go, well, honey, you get what you pay for. I'm a comic. Yes. <laughs> you get. You can't hire Alan Steven and Juan Carlos to fix everything. The other time. <laughs> you got to get Yakov Schmirnoff yeah, to handle Yeah, get a little Yakov. Or his father. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time she buys me a... a goofy gift for christmas where it's a uh, thing that just wraps around your waist and cups your holds your penis there you go she that sounds like a takes, jewish christmas she present. takes five or seven of us everywhere she goes and she goes to this resort in palm springs and i look out the window and she's got her eyes shut reclining not all the way back but just enough yeah and i put that on and i walk out to that pool and right here she looks up and goes, yes. and she's trying not to laugh. She goes, get away from me. <laughs> get away from me. People are looking. I go, what do you care? We're get away from me. I said, no, I'm going swimming. And I dove in and then come out. It's even worse. Oh, boy. You got to take that off. I go, it's the gift you gave uh, me. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's re-gifting. She was yeah, so much fun. You know, right. she's funny when she's out of here. Absolutely. She was so much fun. And there was a period where, you know, we went up there every night, sometimes with Pryor, sometimes with Robin, sometimes a bunch of us. At and, her house, you and mean, or drink, Crest Hill. And we'd drink at the bar, her house. Her house, Crest Hill yeah. didn't even exist yet. No, not at that point. Did you live in Crest Hill ever? No, I had some pride. You were, because <laughs> you were already established pretty much. No. When they, no? I stopped working. I had a job in 79 making sandwiches for high-rise buildings for somebody to go around selling. Oh, oh okay. So I'd go in at three in the morning and make, you know, uh, 1,500 turkey, 1,500 dish, box them up with the mints and everything. But their tuna fish was very good because they put peach chutney in it. Like Robert Wall would come over, can I, I just that get that means. tuna fish? And Argus came in there one day. He goes, what are you doing, buddy? Argus. I go, I work here, and I got to get up at 3 in the morning. My first night, I came right from the party. Oh. And the, the two gay guys that owned it go, how come you never talk? I go, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so Argus went and said something to Mitzi, and she goes, and she calls me up, and she goes, manage the Westwood store. And I did that for a few years. So you quit that job, and then? I haven't had a job since. Wow. Outside of comedy. And what year was that? 
not that I didn't struggle. No, of course. We all struggled. Wow. 1970. Were you here yet, Rick? No. Nope. So. April of 81 is when I was born. Whoa. I missed all the good you know, times. A couple times, you know, it was, it, you know, weird where I had to live. I remember one time I rented a, at least a Jeep, and it was more than my rent. Oh. But it was just like it is now. That's it was true. tough coming up with the money. I, I always live above my means. Yeah. And people I go, like you, you should does. do this, you should do that. And I go, not me. <laughs> That's me. I live I'd above my I'd rather make me. it tough on my life. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> the, the stress. I, I'm just seeing if my heart works. We'll yeah. see. Listen, it, if you're in this, you got to go all in. Goddamn right you do. <laughs> and if you quit, you can't win. Right. Now, okay. So, But there is an art form here, and some of these bastards should learn it. There's definitely an art form. Of course there is. You think that's dying? Yeah. I think, I think the problem- I think there's a few. To me, one. these guys are doing it three years and showing up here and they're putting them on. I Five think, years, please. I think part of the problem with modern comedy, and I'm a, a hater in general- Is it's polluted by television. You can get it anywhere. In my day, it, you couldn't. It is. It's, it's oversaturated, but what's worse is a lot of these guys aren't actually funny. And they're just doing their version of some other funny Absolutely. comic that they thought. And, and let me tell you, a part of it is directly TV. And some of it I know for a fact. I knew a production company that did all the half hours for Comedy Central. And I said to him, why don't you make a star? Why don't you take the guy that's good and repeat him? Oh, no. I have to do new people every time. Yeah. Wow. Or I lose the deal. Yeah. And I go, well, you're eventually going to get thin. Yeah. Now... My favorite thing is when I'm flipping at night, I'll see a special, somebody I never heard of, and I'll see what year it is, and I go, oops, <laughs> oops, didn't go well after that one. Yeah, haven't heard of them since. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, they took the special out of specials, but I will tell you who's trying to bring it back. Who? Joe Rogan's is pretty good. Doug Stanhope's is the best I've seen it's in years. It's not that they're bad. No, no, no. It's just, I'm just it's saying polluted. Like, it's too much. With people, listen. These people that aren't I saw the a girl in. do 10 painful minutes, and she goes, this week I'm in Venice, and I'll be taping my album. Oh. How, how do you, you don't have one minute that's funny. I, I've got but even. they have an iPhone, and I'm not going to say who, but I watched a special somebody that shot here, and I was very disappointed because I heard he, how brilliant he was, and I thought he was very lazy and shouldn't have done it here. And it looked like it was a $1.98. Right, you it know, didn't Marty look like Calder, there was any money with in his there. notebook. When, when we shot the original HBO specials here, you know, the young comedians, that mm -hmm. was Marty Coldner. Yeah. You know, you couldn't get better than that. HBO Showtime, when you see specials on there, they're not paying you anymore. Yeah. They used to give you half a million dollars and say, go do it, and you pay for it, and whatever you have, you keep. But now, like a guy like the guy who did Dices and the, the one you were in. Yeah, Montoya. Yeah, nice man, but... The reason he shoots so many at a time mm -hmm. is because, at best, they will give you seventy-five thousand. Oh yeah, and I'm sure because he shoots more, he's not getting that. Maybe fifty. Not even close. But he shoots so many, yeah, that he's able to uh, stack them up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not when you know, I'm on Showtime. No, you're not. Showtime yeah. bought it. They Showtime didn't pay for it. Bought it. Yeah, yeah. And the same with Netflix. Netflix needs uh, a, a library. What do you mean? They are the biggest studio in the world. So what they do, like Full House, they'll buy, t I could sell them Roseanne tomorrow. Oh. They want titles that people recognize for the family, and they'll buy any comic. If you got an hour, 
I don't even think they look at them. I disagree. Yeah. Now, now they're they maybe started that way, but now they're changing it, and they're like, "Oh, only this, only no, that." No, the difference is there's better comics making them. Right, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait, we're, we we were settling for this, and but, there's you know, that." In my out there. day, there was something special on top of exactly. it. Exactly. It's horrible. Stan Hopes is one of the best I've seen Listen, in years. Underappreciated. He's a brilliant man for a thousand years. Who's this? Stanhope? Stanhope. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, completely underappreciated. Oh, I with him for a while. I mean, to in the me, early also, days Sebastian's, me. Sebastian's was good. He's. I like Sebastian. He's very clever, but, but he's he got to drop hard. a little bit of the dice. Ah, interesting. Which I know he's open for, and you know it's there. That, Andrew Dice yeah. Seinfeld? Andrew that? Dice Light. <laughs> so, yes. Someone was calling him Dice Seinfeld. Yes. Dice Seinfeld, and that's funny. And he doesn't funny. need it. He doesn't. He's general generally funny how do you yeah. say that genuinely funny. Well, i'm sure Boy, he, i'm sure his fans today. don't see that it's a different generation They're, it's so, definitely a different but, thing but his material's very clever right uh i i i've laughed at him i've watched him but i feel like he puts his heart and soul into those specials yes, he and he does. works his he's ass always off. worked his ass off. right yeah like i don't discredit him like when I see these specials, I'm like, "Who is that person?" Wait, they're not even doing. Like, I don't get it. You know, there's nothing. And they're waiting for that monthly check for four dollars, right? I watch comedy specials now for about ten minutes just because I wanna. I wanna hate something passionately. <laughs> you really want to feel good? Check the date it was shot. And if it's like four years ago, seven years ago, and you never heard of that person since, you, you go, go oh. shot the wad, and he wasn't ready. Yep. Oh fuck. You yeah. know, it takes ten years. When you do your first album, it took Sam 10 years when he got famous. What you don't realize is you now have a year and a half to do what you did Number in 10. Two. Yeah. So Jimmy Walker was clever enough. He used to hire every comedian. Leno, Boozler, were all on his payroll. And for? To write for. To write jokes. To write. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and he carried a lot of them. And wow. I wrote a joke for him, and it's the first time he got applause on The Tonight Show, and he'd been on a few times. So he says, would you write for me? And he sends me the paperwork, and it's a list of what he, this is in his book, he called to tell me. He, uh, there's, an, and we've never talked about it. Okay. So that's how long it's affected him. And there's a list of what he won't do. No dynamite, no. Uh, okay, yeah. No these jokes. The gimmicky. No, so yeah. I wrote on the end of it, oh, contact me when you want to be funny. Oh. <laughs> and in his book he says, you know, sometimes I want those out of the box guys, and then that was Alan. <laughs> <laughs> contact me when you want to be funny that's yeah. great and i had nothing because and, yeah and, and i i'm not fully registering that he was going to give me a few hundred dollars a week to write for him. i'm oh. dead broke but i'm so nuts with comedy i gonna you're like i'm not you I'm not can't gonna make restrictions in my book right i agree if it's not funny you lose it but everything is funny if not listen uh i was the first one banned from here for being dirty and I don't tell a dirty joke. No. I just say fucking shit. How did you get banned? Mitzi saw me say fuck a couple times. Here, Westwood, La right Jolla, here or in the original in room. In the original room. Can so you imagine I was, that? I was banned okay. for a while. So I was like Lenny Bruce there for a minute. She wouldn't let you be dirty? Not dirty. See, people don't realize now. I still have assholes that come up to me and go, well, you get less because you're dirty. I go, watch it tonight. And I, I'll go. So I'm walking down the fucking street. My jokes are not dirty it's, it's real easy words. for me to turn it off but i like to do me i did it since i'm a child my mom used soap it didn't work and one day i'm sitting with her i'm like fuck this fuck that it's like 30 years ago I, i'm sorry ma she goes what i go i keep saying fuck she goes i didn't hear it 
It's like, oh. she goes, it's like she got, the yeah. with you. <laughs> and I only say fucking shit. I, I, and I, and she taught me this, Mitzi, and it's my rule. Somebody does a fart joke, it's over for me. Ah, uh, is that where I got that? I just thought it was just Mitzi my hatred for- Mitzi insisted on it, and I'm turned off every time somebody does it, especially a guy. You know, an unattractive guy. Nobody wants to hear what your body movements are. <laughs> body you know movements, I mean? like there. I, I used the fart jokes. I hate, but there was a shit joke that Atel used to do that used to make me laugh, and that was the only one that ever that I can think Attell's of. Atel's a different ever, breed. Atel, there are exceptions. Damn. You know, I I saw a girl recently. Oh, let me think. Maya yeah. De Giorgio. Did you ever see her? That sounds. Familiar. I haven't said this since Roseanne. I walked up to her and I. Uh, I think you're a star. I feel like I'm... Is she from New York? Yeah. I feel like I did a she, show with her. She yes. grew up yes. where uh, uh, Spike Lee made his first three movies. Okay. Here. I she, can't think of... She's Italian. Brooklyn. Looks Italian. Uh-huh. Everybody else in the family's black. She's the only one that's white. Yes. Great view on things. Yes. And a natural, easy sitcom flow. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to do something with her now. Yes, I but she's still in New York or is she out no, here now? No, she moved out here and she's full going full blast. I think Robert Townsend helped her with the sitcom. I'm just waiting for her to send it to me and then I'll, yeah. oh, I'll decide which way to go. I love Robert Townsend. Um, That's Rick's Meteor like, Man? Yeah, it is. Yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah, it is. and he's brilliant. It's just funny yeah. that like that's, how that's what you think about that. And yeah. as far as I'm Meteor concerned, help man. make some acts. So, so many. The, I well, mean, he put them in his uh, even in that uh, the Hollywood first movie shuffle he did. was so silly. God, but they're funny. all in there. Yeah. So it's like you watch it. And it's like a, a list of legends, if you will. Mm -hmm. But they weren't then uh, all in there. Everybody's in there. Now Mooney, you brought up. When I oh. get here, oh. Mooney takes a liking to me, and I'm very flattered by that because he's. We all know Tough. who he is at the time, and he was that at the time. And uh, Harris Pete's in the cover booth. Of course. We and, and, and we're standing there. And he worked the cover booth first? Or did he just Sometimes see? in between okay. girls. So uh, uh, Mooney says to me, hey, I got to go. There's some real niggers. <laughs> and he walks away and Harris goes, aren't you offended? I go, no, that was a compliment. <laughs> I'm good enough till the real ones get here. Are you kidding me? That's a That's compliment, you moron. And he one night says to me, uh, when I'm done, I brought somebody here to see you. And I know who it is as soon as he says that. And he's sitting on top of the stairs in the belly room in the dark. And I come up and he goes, sit down. And I sit down and he goes, you funny little white motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a funny white motherfucker. Here's a prior story. Love prior. I live in a little tiny apartment on San Vicente in Gayville. And okay. when I say tiny, a walk-in closet is bigger. And Mitchell Walter's brother is a Jewish biker. Go figure. His friends are like pirate, half moon. <laughs> and uh, that's where I really get into blow for time. Ah. But Pryor's, you know, one night he says, uh, I probably he knew done Mitchell. It with and he shows up at my place. He goes, uh, Mitchell brother's coming over? I go, yeah, later. And I, it's so small, and it has one of those heaters on the wall where they can hear upstairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a black young couple just moved in. And he comes down and tells me to be quiet all the time. So we're making a lot of noise. And all of a sudden, I hear him say to the wife, I'm going, to, you go down there. I'm tired of talking to that idiot. And we hear him come down the steps, and Barry goes, go in the bathroom. 
he opens the door and goes, yes. And she's like, Richard Pryor? Yes. Leave my little white friend alone. <laughs> <laughs> now we get by the heater and he says, what are you crazy, bitch? Why would Richard Pryor be down there? And we hear him coming. And Pryor goes, I'm going in the bathroom. You answer the door. <laughs> How great I is answer that? the door and he's looking, you know, he's trying to see past me and he goes upstairs. He goes, you did something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> you just broke up their marriage. It'd be so great. Like, why? I'm going in the bathroom now. <laughs> so, okay, so now it's the strike's over. How's well, the, she's never the when same. When's the boom? Right, she's never the same. Oh, the the boom is as the strike is happening. During. This is, this is how she bought oh. this place. Westwood was taking off and gave her some money. Was Westwood only open seasonally? No. Who told us that? Was that Bursky? No. Or somebody was telling us. It was, it like- was the other store. And I'm telling you, it was towards the end of Westwood Boulevard, and the line would go four blocks up to the market and down the street. Mm-hmm. And I loved managing it because I lived right down that street. Yeah. Uh, Binder and Couillere were my neighbors. Oh, wow. And uh, Was Polly the cook? Uh, Mitchell lived with me. Uh, yeah. It was Polly who said that yeah. it wasn't always open. That's who it was. I think yeah. it was. It was because only open. Because Paulie wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Maybe he had to go back to school is so what he meant. Yeah. it starts okay. to catch on. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a small group of us, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe 50, and it starts to catch on. And every night, I'm telling you, Mooney would go to 3, 4 in the morning. We'd stop serving drinks. They just wanted to get in. They just wanted to be part of it. It is, and that's when you learn the most when the the stars were here. Listen, right. it was tough following Leno and Elaine. Everybody was somebody. There was no weak. They link. were all household names. No, well, they eventually became it. But when I start, nobody knows them. Wow. Nobody's oh, even done okay. TV. Wow, and so they were the, that hot. Well, they were that good. Well, that's what I mean. Good, hot, whatever. They're, they were their that word good. Got out within yeah. five years. Uh, they're working. I remember Letterman before he got the Letterman show. He was on Mary Tyler Moore variety show and different stuff. But he came to Mitzi's house in his truck and said, I'm leaving. She talked him into staying and I the know. rest is history. <laughs> I know that story. So obviously she had an effect on people. And yep. the other guy, what's that other guy's name? Um, uh, oh God, it went out. He, Mitzi hired the mother. To, she, she had the mother. George work. Miller. That's it. In the oh, accounting. Yeah. Moo, 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 moo. Something with cows he always did. <laughs> <laughs> he was really funny. I'm right? going to tell you about George. George is friends with everybody that hates me during the strike. Mm-hmm. I get a tap on my door one night at three in the morning, and it's George. I go, what do you want? He goes, I want to party with you. And I go, you know, if your friends find out, yeah. we never said a word. And about the third time I come to the store, you know, and we've been partying for a few weeks. Yeah. He's standing with his friends. I walk by and he goes, scab. (gasps) (laughs) And I let him play his game. Yeah. And to this day, that's the first time I ever told that story. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. He was at my house all the time. You know, my friends hate you. (laughs) Scab. That's great. (laughs) My friends hate you. But they always say, like, he was really funny. He just never caught the break or whatever it is. He was very funny, but. Not listen. Letterman gave him a career. Letterman right. Letterman kept him alive. I don't know if you know that story. Yes, he got Clevic, which was an experimental drug. Now it's what keeps Ryan O'Neill going. 
Oh, it's for a certain oh my kind gosh. of cancer. Wait, we have a comic named Ryan O'Neill. Oh, no, so for a minute, no. we were like, wait, the no, real no. Ryan O'Neill, not the poser. <laughs> and you're, you're uh, talking about the actor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he calls up UCLA <laughs> sorry, and says, "I need my buddy in that program." And it was yeah. either a million or two million. Jesus Christ! And that kept him going for another ten years. And yeah. Then he put uh, them out on the road. Him and two other guys. Wherever they went, they were sold out. Because Letterman papered the room, paid for it. Jesus Christ. He, ne- he never knew it. And he passed, uh, I forget how the long The cancer ago, finally but... caught on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was about 10 years ago. Probably. Is it 10 years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. I just remember they had the big memorial at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. And it was like, it was the first time Letterman had been yeah. back in a comedy club yeah. in LA Since for a long time. I wanted to get up and tell that story so bad, but I wouldn't give him the satisfaction. <laughs> but after the strike, Letterman, Leno, they didn't work here anymore, correct? Nobody did. They decided, well, first off, the truth of the matter is the idea is to get out of here. Yeah, that's, you're so right. Thank you for saying that. The idea is to get the fuck yeah, out of this nobody place. wants to live here. <laughs> so certainly Leno does not need to break in jokes here. Right. I do not need to do this. I cannot do it for six months and it doesn't matter. You know, it is what it is now. Yeah. So I, you know, I just want to come here for the fun of it. I have nothing to do half the time. Oh. But other than that, you know, those guys didn't need it. Right? If they did, they went to the improv. They went to the Laugh Factory. I think I was the ninth guy through the door there. And uh, uh, at the Laugh Factory, or the yeah, improv? Jamie was very nice. The Christmas gifts were mm-hmm. for his inner circle, always leather jackets yeah. a bit. And then over the years, it got here's a cup. But he set himself aside by being very nice to the comics. Certainly, but that went away. No, he but he worked here briefly, briefly, briefly. But Mitzi always liked him. She never really. I don't like him. I've never liked him. He's always been disrespectful to me. So. Like Disrespectful to you, yeah. Charlie Hill. They throw the one memori- of my favorite humans ever. I put I together the Hill. memorial over there. Yeah, and I say all I want because I I'm talking to the Hill family, and I give them my word that it was going to be everywhere. Shame on this place. So I put it on over there. And I said I, all I want to do is MC. I get there. I'm not even on the lineup. It's all stars. Leno. I think the weakest one, name wise, was Dominic Irera. Yeah. But it was like, dang, everybody's somebody. So I'm sitting there with my cousin and uh, uh, Michael Fishman, who is uh, Roseanne's son on the series. Right. And Jay comes over and he's talking. And at one point he looks at the kid. He goes, you know, I don't know if you know Roseanne or not, but she. And I, he's been on your show. He mocked your president. You don't recognize him? That's the son. Oh, my God. So I say to Leno, remember your Elvis bit? I never did Elvis. Yes, you did. <laughs> I never did Elvis. Yes, you did. And I'm not getting off of it. It was a great Elvis routine. Anyway, he goes on, and because there's nobody there, he does 50 minutes. 50? Uh-huh. Jesus. And he's very recognizable, and they love him. And Jamie comes running up to me just before he gets off, and he goes, no one's here. You have to go on. I go, fuck you. You didn't put me on the lineup. Now you suck wind. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and, of course, my cousin goes, you might want to reconsider. And I uh, go over to Jamie, I go downstairs, and I go, get me a Jack and Coke, bitch. Oh. <laughs> and you know once I take that Jack and Coke. I know. Well, there's nobody there. I do close to an hour. Holy They're shit. going nuts. And towards the end, he has the audacity to say, hey, get off. There's a real comic here. And the audience boos him. 
because yeah. I own them. Yeah. So the next day he sent me an email how sorry he was, but nonetheless, he's disrespectful. That is bad. I saved it for him. And then he and, shit on you. And here's the beauty of it. Every everybody that, that wrote anything on Facebook said, I don't know who the guy was, but nobody was funnier. He was the least recognizable, and nobody was funnier. And I'd send them to him. Good. <laughs> That's great. Because they wouldn't let me work uh, Vegas. What? But yep. isn't that just Harry's gig? Like, I didn't think he had Wasn't anything. At that point. Oh, oh, okay. Fuck that guy, too. Oh, yeah. He's over Harry Basil. Uh, I love Harry. <laughs> that guy, it, the worst. Well, he's not, but he did. Well, uh, why don't you come and open for Dean Del Rey? He's he been doing comedy do for three years. <laughs> he did All say right. that to Rick, and that's not good. Um, wait, okay. So now the boom, it's 80s. No, it's 78. 80, it starts. 80. Uh, here. At this point, you're here, killing there's it no on clubs. stage. There's no clubs. Right. Have I, you gotten better yet? Denver had a club. Yes, and here's how. Mitzi sends me to La Jolla as mm-hmm. a middle. Okay. George Miller, speaking of George Miller, mm-hmm. calls her up and goes, I don't want to follow him. Oh. The next act, I don't want to follow him. So she makes me the headliner. I'm the longest guy ever to be there 10 months straight. She would just changed the rest of the comics because oh. Paulie lived with me down there as well. Paulie, right. Which are great stories. Oh, but, I've heard uh, a few. Uh, I don't know what we're allowed to tell. Well, this is when he's 12. <laughs> and I got some great ones. But uh, uh, that's... Did you do his documentary that's coming out? I think I, he said I he had... everybody. Well, I have a tape of me. And, I think he did you know, say nobody he got Uncle Inky. had the relationship I did. Yeah. And her favorite was Tim Thomerson, who well. became a great actor. And she decided she was going to start roasts here. Okay. And it was Tim Thomerson was the first one. I'm in Florida, and Biff calls, and he goes, uh, can you make it back here for this? I go, no, I'm working. Well, the truth of the matter is we want somebody to dress up as Mitzi, and you <gasps> know she will take it from no one but you. You son of a bitch. So I fly back. I saw this tape. And I go, I go up to her house. And I have Peter and Polly steal her monkey jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, she made me watch. I paint my years nails. Years later, constantly. I, I paint polka dots on my nails. I had longer hair, so I pulled every which way. She had a dog named Kelly, so mm-hmm. I got a stuffed dog. Mm-hmm. And they say, this comes over and writes the jokes. And some are inside, so I know they're not going to work. And they say, we'll call you when you're needed. Well, they call me, and they don't need me. But <gasps> nobody can see me. So I wrap myself in the curtain, and Peter Shore comes back, and he sees me in a jacket. He goes, you're dead. Yeah, you're big I trouble. I go, just get me a bottle of booze and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes a few hours. Oh, shit. And me and that bottle got real familiar with each other. And I was just supposed to do that and walk off. Baffy. I, I loved when I, you It did went that. really well for me doing it, but when he says to me, what are you doing? I go, I'm never going to work in here again. I'm going to take a shot. Uh, it's got to go and the full. I went berserk on everybody and really roasted. <gasps> well, the next day, Bers- uh, Belzer calls first. You know, I think you were out of line. And I simply go, when you have the balls to do what I did, you talk to me. <laughs> Ten minutes later, the phone rings. I'm out of line, Alan. That was very funny. I go, yes, you are. <laughs> and then uh, Alan Bersky. Yeah. What do you find? 
And here's what I did to him because I know how nuts he is. He go, Alan, you click. Alan, you click. I must have done it for 20 minutes. Love that. 20 minutes before I went, what? <laughs> you know, gas. Back Shut up, Bursky. It, it doesn't look like it when you look at it. But this place went nuts. You can hear Yakov laughing. Oh, and I for, believe. And for a split second, they all think it's her. There's that split second when you watch it where they all go crazy and then start laughing. Yeah, because they're like, well, but when you were doing Biffy. I think at some point I go, leave me alone. The bitch is painting my name off the wall as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody could do that with her. No. And that, like years later, I was her assistant and I'm at her house and her daughter came by and she was like make sure she doesn't steal my monkey fur i was like does this happen a lot and then i heard the story i'm at the zoo with her and that danny stone okay Uh, and we're standing we're standing where the monkeys are Mm -hmm. and the monkeys are going ape shit she goes what do you make of that and i go wait you could have their mother on (laughs) or they might know you're dating an idiot like i do Cal, he drove me crazy. Let me tell you something. She knows exactly what she's doing and how she feels. However they interpret it, she don't care. She don't stop them. Yeah, you're right. She lets them think. Oh, I'm in love. Good, because she's not. Yeah. (laughs) Are you saying she didn't have feeling? (laughs) Oh, I know who she liked. Yeah. The love of her life was Steve Landisberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was it. That's who she lived with when I came out here. Mm -hmm. Paulie might have been five or six. and one, One day he runs through. And Steve Landisberg just grabs his hand and goes, stop it or rip your dick off. Oh. And he went, and I thought, well, he's not doing it. It's a little, <laughs> not the way I would have gone. <laughs> he, he realized then that's, that's the only way you're getting through to Well, he made, yeah. a, he made a great <laughs> mistake. True. I think when the kid's like eight, nine, we're in La Jolla, and he knew this one dirty joke Steve told him. And it was cute okay. for a kid to tell a dirty joke Steve. to us, Landisburg. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. To us. Right. Well, he oh. brings him up on stage. Kid tells his joke, and everybody's going, did you put him up to doing that? The audience totally turned. Totally turned. Now, when that. he's living with me, I had that Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the condo, and he comes in. He goes, where's my stuff? Because he went to the beach. I okay. go, listen. We're roommates. I don't work for you. It's still in the Jeep, and there's no top on it, so maybe it was stolen. And he goes and he gets his stuff. And I come out, and every day, him and his brother would go surfing at four in the morning. Yeah. I'd stand where they can't see me, I thought. And one day he comes in, and he goes, my friends want to know why my dad's watching us. And I go, it's real simple. You drowned, I'm dead. (laughs) I don't care if you drown. I have to get you out. Yeah. So as my to career keep. cares. So yeah. now I take all his sandy clothes and I put it in his bed and put the cover over it and he gets in there. I go, here's how it goes. You put it in piles by the front of your door and if I feel like doing it when I do mine, I might consider it. So I had to teach him. Oh, so boy. now. And what did he call you? He's 12. Well, I was always Uncle Sleezens to him. Oh, Sleezens. You know, I did his show. I was Uncle Sleezens. Ah, that's right. So, uh, uh. I thought it was Uncle Inky. He gets comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one night, show's over. It's like one thirty in the morning in La Jolla. And I'm talking to two girls. And I know where this is going. <laughs> and he comes over and he goes, Dad, I'm really tired. Oh. And one girl goes, you have a son? And the other one goes, and you keep him up this late? And they turn and I go, no, no, he's not mine. (laughs) So we get in the car and they go, Paulie, 
as you get a little older, you might realize why you're going to get smacked in the head. <laughs> I said, don't ever do that. But he didn't know. He yeah. didn't know from women. Now, I start headlining it. Everything's great. Sandy decides she's going to get married. Do you know that story? A little bit. I'm sitting with her in her condo down there. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm going to get married. I go to who? I don't know, but I'm getting married in the next few months. She has decided. Well, somewhere she finds this poor Navy guy. Poor Navy who guy? Who is clueless. And I'm sure she can, at that time, put out. Okay. How old? So I well, think she's he, 10 years I older. I think he's point. hypnotized. Okay. She was 17 when I get to the store. Oh, shit. Did nails and worked at the store. Waitress. So now, um, uh, Mitzi won't pay for the wedding. So I get the call. Just like I saved Schubert's leg, which I'll tell you that oh, story. Yeah, yeah, an yeah. ungrateful son of a bitch. <laughs> so I have lunch with him one day, and he goes, well, you did take pretty good care of me. You let me sleep on your floor. You gave me money. And I go, and? He goes, and what? I go, and you walk because of me, you bastard. <laughs> so uh, uh, I go up to Mitzi, and I go, Mitzi, there's already, you know, hard feelings between the two of you. Let her make her own mistakes. All right. <laughs> so she says she was a chanter. So the head muckety muck is flying in it's for this thing. wedding. So on this side is all comics. On this side is all people in sheets. Yeah. And then they chime something in, in orange sheets. They come down waving the incense. And uh, she keeps saying, do not embarrass me. This guy is the big muckety muck. The ceremony's over. He takes one step down. He looks at Sammy Shaw and goes, Sammy Shaw? Oh, I saw you open for Elvis. I can believe Sammy Shaw's here. <laughs> well, all hell broke loose then. It was the f- most fun wedding ever. Oh, my God. So a few months later, I'm sitting in Mitzi's office, and she goes, you know, uh, Sandy's getting a divorce. Oh, and months. I go, I go, what's today? She goes, why? I go, I had six months in the lottery. <laughs> she goes, you came up here and got me to pay for that? I go, and I'm winning the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I can tell. Oh, I can go on and on with these stories. Days. How about this one? Before the wedding, Mitzi's brother is staying in the condo with Paulie and I. Mm-hmm. Paulie and I are talking all night. And by the way, Mitzi's brother's deaf. Oh right. The next day, she calls me up and says, "You kept my brother up all night." And I go, "The deaf guy." <laughs> Try again. <laughs> and at this point, she knows I got Paulie's ear because she's starting to find girls. Oh right. And there's a fine-looking little girl in that building. In fact. I'd go to jail. Oh. <laughs> and willingly. Okay. So we're in the bedroom and he goes, can I talk to you? Because he has nobody. Yeah, sure. I had sex with that girl. And I go, you son of a bitch. Oh. And he starts saying what he's done to her. And I go, excuse me a second. I have to go out on the balcony and light a cigarette. This guy is way ahead. <laughs> I mean, I did some of the things he did, I didn't do until I was in my late 20s. That's great. And I come back in and he tell me more. And I go, excuse me, I got to go out and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> my God. Oh. This motherfucker. Yeah. yeah one, night, one day when he still was living with Mitzi, I go up there. And when he made it his side of the house, oh. I go up there and his closet door is open. And I look over and I go, are there boxes of high heels in there? Because, oh. yeah, I, I have all sizes. I'd like them to put it on and walk around. And I go, well, I like the turquoise. I'm not putting them on. No, <laughs> that'd be great. That would be funny, you walking around. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, wow. Boys. Well, I saw him, uh, Zorro, there make a look. Are we wrapping up, or you want more stories? No, he's... Uh, I, I got... I have to, oh, you I have to go up? Is that what's happening? Like well, we don't minutes, need you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also true. Uh, no, that's not true. But it's 10.06. So yeah, you're so sitting, you come back. I'll still be sitting there. All right. we'll, yeah, we'll just keep going. Are you on want. after him? No, I'm not on till late. We're not going that late, but we'll go a little bit longer. <laughs> I got a crap load of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we need more Jack Daniels. Well, I'm, I'm getting ready to drink that one. <laughs> just kidding. All right, well, or or we can end now okay. and I can come back. Whatever is comfortable with you guys. Is I'm good with either. I don't care. Me too. Yeah. So All you right. want to go yeah. and see and come back? Yep. Because Mark might show up. Believe it or not, I down. was going to go see Melissa Carey. Oh, I love Melissa. Where is she? <laughs> you know, when she used to be my girlfriend before Jim. No. Okay. Uh, Ricky's going up. He'll be back. So wait. Okay. Well, well, um, well I'm not going to ask you where she is right now, but I didn't know she was your girlfriend first. Well, she was a waitress here. I know that. Well, you know, they had their own newspaper at once. Melissa? Uh, no, the comedy store had oh, its own Jesus. little newspaper. Oh, like a gazette? One, yeah. And one time they put in uh, comics the waitress would want to sleep with. I took first and seventh. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that would have been great. There, there was a couple comics here that made a comedy store gazette a couple years ago. I didn't see it, but it, it was horribly funny. It was funny because <laughs> Biff was involved. But, uh, you know, when I played here in but the main room. But did he talk shit for, about for, people for, in it? Because yeah. that's what these guys did. Yeah. They kind of when, outed some When I folk. did the main room for Christine a couple months ago, there's uh-huh. a very pretty waitress with long hair. Which, oh, and we you have know so many I, you of know them. I, this one's adorable. You know what I do to waitresses. Mm, oh, yeah. So uh, I do the wooded area thing, and, oh. uh, and she's giggling, and uh, and I just keep it going. And at one point, she bends over to do drinks in front of me. I go, nice ass, do not bend over. <laughs> Jesus. And at one point, I say something. I go, you know, I'm going to tell you some stories about the comedy store. But let me just say, and I'm looking right at it, without the waitresses, a lot of these comics wouldn't be here. They gave us money. They lent us money. They let us sleep there. And I look right out here, and and I go, and they fucked us. Oh. And she goes to say something, and I go, run. (laughs) And the place is screaming. The place is screaming. But the guy I'm with was in the kitchen. He goes, that girl is in that kitchen telling everybody how funny you are. Yeah. I go, it makes no difference. I'm funnier than anybody here. So it's what? It's just natural to yeah. you, though. Um, and I love that. I remember you guys did the show, and I think I got here. It was already over. Um, yeah. That you guys did a show. But the interesting part is, and Kirk Fox, I know since he's young. Cause he's yeah, a friend right. Of he was Paulie's best friend. And, and I love Kirk. And I think he's a great fine guy. actor. Great actor. Great actor. Great writer. Yeah. And really great performer. Yeah. Like, that's awesome well, he came to get in, a triple. When I went on. And so did Mark Marin, mm-hmm. and he came up to me afterwards. He goes, "I go, I know. Aww, they think yeah. I, they think because of my hair, I, I'm not funny." But see, I don't think that's true. I think what, oh, what is. happens is they're overwhelmed. He has to, the Booker has to put asses in the seats. It's a completely different game now. I'm not talking about when they rent the room out. No, I'm talking about even the regular show. I'm if there's not you, big star I'm telling names, you, I could take five off this lineup tonight. I couldn't agree with you more, but I'm telling you who comes to see these people just because they're on TV. I feel like I'm whispering, but not too ev- bad not we're on a podcast. Not all of them are, and I understand that. You in, see what I'm saying? In my and some day, of them aren't killer. everybody was for real. I agree. On TV. I agree. Now and it's, it's gratuitous. you still went on. Yeah. 
See, we we get people to stay late, well, here's and what, they see the uh, uh, the uh, yeah. the people that aren't on TV, which is the half I'm on, the back half. Like my spot tonight, I think is twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. Yeah. That's fine with me. I don't care. People stay, and they're like, "Wow, we thought it was going to get worse at the end, and it got better." And I'm like, "This is great because yep. we're pulling our crowd, but we're getting them to stay later. But it's just they're initially and they're I, coming I get to the see them." I the resurgence here with the celebrities. I get all of yeah, it. Yeah, they're coming to see them, not us. But and it's I get disrespectful. It. Because I, believe it or not, people know who Carl is. People know who that's I That's right. Am. People who built this place. And that's how I feel. Well, so do people out there. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm walking around and somebody will stop me, either from the outlaws or from Vegas. Mm. Or, you know, I, I had to do a thing for Lois in Germany because I'm big in Germany from Roseanne. That's hilarious. That's awesome. It's beyond hilarious. That's awesome, though. But now, so with Roseanne all that writing to me like that's writing you were doing which is freaking great here's how it happened she didn't know i could write okay uh didn't talk to me when she's married to tom arnold tom Arnold hates my guts (laughs) but he calls up and says i want a meeting with you so i spend the day with a comedian friend of mine who's very tall Mm -hmm. and i just walk into him and fall down all day he goes what are you doing i go it's it's an ambush and i'm gonna sue I'm just practicing falling. That's hilarious. Well, I go there and basically he says, can you write 10 ideas and blah, blah, blah. Well, I write 14. He wants 13 of them. And he makes me a guest star on his show. Well, I know what's going on. I'm not stupid. Roseanne loves me. And he figures if if he allows me back, she'll come back to him. Ah. And I'm in his condo when OJ made the run. And he's with that girl he claims he didn't sleep with, the assistant. Mm-hmm. And sure he did. And I'll tell you how I know. I go to Roseanne. She goes, do you think he was sleeping with her? And I go, yeah. She goes, why? I go, he went for a third piece of cake, and I saw her wave her finger and give him a frown. Why would you care unless you're involved with him? You're an assistant. Shut the fuck up if I want cake. He's sleeping with her. And Roseanne goes, I believe that. <laughs> you know, his body language is things yeah, you see. yeah, yeah. But uh, long story short, he calls me up and says, uh, I sent her your stuff. We're not getting back together. And I am on my last dime. There's no Arliss at this point. Yeah. Uh, I didn't work the road a lot, and the road was getting tough. And uh, she calls up and goes, you were talking about me on TV, you son of a bitch? Well, there was a talk show at the time. I forget the lady's name. And they called me up and said, we're having the people from the... uh, comedy works in denver who knew her when she started on the show yeah and i go who else well, blah, blah 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 but they don't tell me everybody i go i need a, a limo a room a thousand bucks well we don't pay i said ask the producer if the guy he has on uh told him he used to make roseanne give him sex to go on does he know that phone rings 10 minutes later i get everything i want so I go and I thought I'm on the whole show it's just a 10 minute segment and she wants to be grabbing that audience and she whips around and looks right at me and goes Roseanne promised you a job for life and didn't how does it feel not to have it and I go are you talking to me yeah she goes yeah I go first off if you believe anybody's going to give you a job for life you have no talent you're crazy yeah I go I have talent I'm not worried about that it's my friend and I hadn't seen her at this point in five years and I'm so funny up there. Anything they say, I won't let them get away with any lies. Right. So the guy, the stage manager comes over. He goes, they want to know if you'll do the whole show. So in between, I'm telling the audience there's going to be lobster. 
Well, the fourth time I do it, I hear in the headsets, tell this bastard to stop doing that. So at one point, a National Enquirer lady comes out. And she goes at some point, I was on a movie set and they were just rolling on the ground, making out. It was disgusting. And I went like this. So what are you saying? You don't want to fuck me? Oh. No, I said, so what are you saying? You want to have sex with me? Oh. And she goes crazy. I'm dismissing all of them. Yeah. Then his mother comes out and sits down next to me and Nixon had died. That's how far back this goes. Oh, Jesus. And she says, why are we talking about Tom? There's more important news like Nixon. And I go, honey, he's dead. Oh. <gasps> And she and I are like a bad app in Costello. Oh. Uh, he had a thing where he did goldfish would disappear. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the audience says, did he actually eat those? And his mom goes, no. I go, yes, he did. <gasps> no, he didn't. Yes, he did. And it goes back and forth. Anyway, that's why he calls. He goes, yeah, I'm pretty funny with my mother. So now, three months later, she calls. And I said, listen, I defended you if you care to see the show, as I always do. Yeah. I miss you. Would you write my act? I said, well, if you can find the tent I live in. <laughs> and I think two days later, the next day, a check for 25000 wow. So she gets me a trailer on the lot and says, just punch it up. Don't let anybody know. So I give her the script, nobody else. Okay. And then one day, I said something about a story and how it was. In- she goes, you can write, right? I went, yeah. She goes, I hate to do this to you. I'm going to put you in my show. And uh, her managers made a terrific deal for me without her knowing, mm-hmm. and I thought she did. She didn't talk to me for three weeks, and uh, Sandra Bernhardt was with her and said, Alan, why would he beat you for five grand? Yeah. Alan's coming, he's coming for a hundred. You don't know him well then. <laughs> and she said, you know, you're right. And called up and everything was fine, but I still jumped titles, and I... Rich Scheidner I wanted on board. Yeah. And I didn't even know him. I just loved his writing. Yeah. He's terrific, So I said, Rich, uh, anybody handling it? He said, no, let me do it. So I got us a title where you get paid per show, not per week. Nice. I think he started at 3,800. So did I, a show. Wow. And there's a hierarchy, and I'm behaving. I don't want to pull a Tom Arnold. Yeah. But eventually, these people are insulting to me. Like, I don't know the rules nobody's explained anything and i told roseanne some ideas she goes i want to do them so i'm telling the writers and this older writer takes me outside this woman goes there's a hierarchy here and you're at the very bottom and i look at her and i go well i hate to do this checkmate the star of the show's my friend you were the young writer that did have something to bring to the table i'll tell you how i brought it to the table within a year and a half i was running the show but that's and yeah. I still meet people today. I had Bursky and I had lunch a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, I, I heard you were a, a monster. And I go, it was my time. I stepped on everybody's toes. And anybody tells you I'm a monster is because I didn't give them what they wanted. Yeah. Like, but that's the tr- that's what they do to Mitzi. Well, that's what they do. Anybody the in first power. Day, uh, before I even start. One guy walks up to me. and goes, they promised I could be a producer. The guy you're replacing with more money. And I go, well, I'm not even in charge yet. Could you wait a day? And he gets offended. And I never say another word to him. And a month later, I call him into my office and I go, you're a producer? Here's the money. Are you happy? Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't happy. He wanted it when he wanted it. I had another guy say to me, this isn't the show I signed on the right. He's making 800000 
So I go, well, go home and tell your wife in the new house that you quit because it's not the show that you want to do. Or you can get a shovel and dig holes outside and fill them in so you can see what real work is. Jesus. You know, they're all college writers and they don't, they have to vote what's funny. So they use all the comics. There's 26 writers, most comics, but they won't let them write. They're outside playing basketball and they go, what's going on? Well, they only allow us to write jokes. So for every joke in the script, you have to write like 10 and they break into groups and I'm in a group, and I think the guy, when he goes to pitch, is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's one of Tom Arnold's leftovers. Yeah. So I write a joke. I bump him out of the chair, and I sit down. The powers of B go, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to read my jokes. I made myself a room on the room. And I read one joke. The whole room breaks up, and they go, what else do you have? I go, why do I need more? You heard the response. I said, boys, I do this every night, and I'm off the top of my head. I know it's funny when I hear it. Well, we would prefer, I go, I don't care what you prefer. That's the line that's going in. And it did. Yeah. And, and then they don't like me. The one showrunner snaps. It was like one in the morning, and they love to stay all day and night. When I take over, I go, I go home the latest at 7. If you guys want to stay here, they're afraid to leave. Be my guest. I leave at 7. So it's one in the morning one night. Everybody's got red eyes. And I'm a night person, and I'm single. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And he says, well, let's just keep going. And I see these red eyes and I look at this guy and I go, hey, everybody here has a family. Their eyes are red. Anything they do now, you're going to have to fix in the morning. Why don't we, you just call it. He stands up, turns over the desk and goes, you know, I can be funny too. And I went, okay, well, then you go down there and deal with her and uh, I'll stay here and do your job. <laughs> see who has the harder job, my friend. But they were, did things to irritate her. Uh, what you hear about her, some of it's true, but she was forced into it. The guy who created the show didn't even want to call after her name. I'm the one who suggested she fight for it. Yeah. And he wanted her to be a lesser role. He wanted to make it about Jackie. And he would tell her, Roseanne wouldn't say that. She goes, you do know I'm Roseanne. <laughs> and she said, if this show's a hit, you're gone. And in 13, it was a hit. He was gone. Still got his check for nine years. Fuck yeah, he did. And then went on to create Home Improvement. Boo-hoo for him, oh, right? Oh, boo-hoo for him, he But I'm there, and I think it's the sixth year, and I say to a writer's assistant, what happens with all the jokes that the powers that be think suck? Oh, they're all put into a book? I go, a book? book. She Good opens book. up the cabinet, and there's a notebook this thick with all the scripts, with the, those notes. So what Roseanne would do is they'd pick a joke, she'd rehearse and walk off, call them and go, that's all you got, you son of a bitches? And they'd say to us, okay, you got to write more jokes. Oh. And I'm thinking, well, the 90 you didn't like go. So I look Jeez. at this and I walk down to that stage and I put it down like this. She goes, what the hell's that? And I go, you tell me. She starts looking at it and she goes, where'd you get this? Go, You've had it from day one of the show. Pick the joke you want to use and stop walking off. <gasps> oh, my Jesus. God. And she's almost in tears. This is how, see, showrunners and those college writers think they know better than the person. Aww. And it's such a sad mistake to make. So when I take over, I make it, well, first off, I was fighting cancer. That yeah. is a whole not, I and, didn't and, even. And I get a call. Mm-hmm. Alan, uh, do you want to run the show? I go, how many people said no? Well, I go, how many, how many people, people said, said no? no? He said every executive. Oh. I go, so you, you're just doing it because, uh, what? 
There's eight months left, six months left. On I, the show, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't go, say I, that. I go, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> Oh. You know, I think I'm dying, but thanks for the call. Now, my father's staying with me because I couldn't drive or any of that. Next day, they say, could you come to a meeting? I say, Dad, Dad, would you drive me over? You're not allowed. I go, drive me over. And I take a briefcase with me. Nothing in it. Just want to look official. And I put it on the table, and they make an offer, and I come out. And my dad goes, uh, oh, that's great. And it's more than he ever made Jesus. in one episode. Right. So I, go, I turned it down. He goes, what? Is there something wrong with you? Your mom thinks there is. Is there something <laughs> wrong with you? And he actually, all the way to the car, he goes, Alan, I'm shaking. I don't think you understand what you're doing here. We get to the gate. The guy goes, Alan, they need you to turn around. I look at my father. And, I go, and he has a bad heart. Oh, I come gee, out. Yeah, that would have been I come out and he it. goes, yeah. did you make the deal? No, they're fucking insulting me. <gasps> I said, the guy I'm replacing got 75000 an episode. The guy he replaced got 125000 I already make 25000 an episode, Dad, and I'm a consultant. I'm here three days a week. When she leaves, I leave. I got the greatest job in the world. You're going to have to entice me. Absolutely. We get in the car. We're stopped at the gate again, and my father goes, my heart's not going to take this again, yeah. Alan. I would be sitting on so the car. So I, I come out, and I tell him the figure I settled on, and he goes, a year? An I, episode. I go, an episode, so it'll probably break down to maybe 35000 a week. And it's not registering. He yeah. goes, you settled for 35000 a year? I go, no, Dad. A it's week. a week. What? He can't comprehend. I would have been the same, can't like an idiot. It. I think I make 35000 well, a, a year now. I was a Republican that day. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. When I saw it, you know, I wasn't a corporation yet. When I saw what mm -hmm. they took out in taxes, I went, oh, no. Jesus. Alan, we're going to have to have you back because they're, uh, uh, the... Our producer has to go, but you're going to have to come back and Anytime. Um, do Anytime. this again. We'll go upstairs and watch I Rick. I enjoyed it. I always enjoy spending time with you. And Thank yeah, you. I yeah, we'll like go hang go out and watch, and watch uh, Rick. Rick. He's so funny. You'll love him. He's kind of old schooly, so he's one of my favorites here. Um, all right. I'm Eleanor Kerrigan. That was Rick Ingram, and you are Ellen Steven. Thank with you. With their fucking best stories. I absolutely love your <laughs> stories, so we're going to do this again. All right. Thank you, guys. Come see a show at the Comedy Store. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, what's your Twitter and all that? I don't do any of that. See, Ricky's so good at this, and I never close. I'm not a closer, uh, guys. Listen, I don't sell <laughs> T-shirts at my thing. Nothing. You know, I would if I was a star, because it wouldn't be me. Yeah. But I don't get it. It's bad I enough. I, I worked one club in Vegas, and they go, uh, you have to stay in line afterwards and greet the customers. And I went, what? Uh, yeah, so that's I the faced, Riviera. So <laughs> I faced backwards. No, this was planned in Hollywood. I faced oh. backwards. And then I turned around, and I didn't realize, because I haven't done this in a while, that everybody has a camera. See, in the oh, old days, the yeah. psychology of an autograph is they really want a couple minutes of your time. time. They're not real collectors. But I can't tell you, it, it took 50 minutes because everybody wants a picture. It was awful. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to chat with my audience. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I wants to do that. I just did it. I just <laughs> did it. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us at the Comedy Store and come see a show. A live oh, show. I, I can say I'm store. in Reno at the end of November. I'm there in Vegas go. Christmas week. And uh, the Laugh Factory. Yeah. So that's a Tropicana. Yeah. And the Reno is uh, Silver Legacy Laugh Factory Casino, also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Alan Steven. All right. Thank bye. you.